Good morning. Grab some refreshments. Come and join us. Join us. Let's stand up and sing Surely the Presence. Stand up and sing Surely the Presence. Sorry. Anybody want to be a clicker today? <laughs> Anybody? Anybody want to be a clicker? <laughs> it is good to see everybody here on a Labor Day weekend. We're glad you chose to, to worship with us this morning. We've got a lot going on here at church this morning. Um, instead of the regular Sunday school for the Sunday school hour today, we're going to meet in here. Um, and have a special service, a special fifth Sunday service, and our youth will be talking to us about both of the mission trips that they went on this summer. So we hope everybody can stick around for that. I would say we can run it for that. I would say we can run over there. Are we ready? Oh, we're good over there. Are we ready? Oh, we're good. All those songs that where we just sing back and forth. We're going to sing another um, kind of Sunday like that where we sing lots of songs where we split up. So guys will be singing and girls will be singing. All those words will be on the screen so it'll tell you when to sing and where. So just sing along with us. Let's go. Light the fire. Light the fire. Stand to praise you when I fall, when I fall on my knees. My spirit is when I bless you so weak. This one's Prince of Peace. You made your job on this song. On the course, we're singing through names of God. Of God, okay? So, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Living God, Living God, Alpha Omega. We've got a lot to say. So, get your tongues to fly on this one. Prince of 
see everybody. Glad you're here. Turn and greet your neighbor and children make your way to the front for a few moments of sharing. To the front for a few moments of sharing. guys I started out this month telling you about um, how we've got for everybody we've got big Bibles and little Bibles and um, remember how Carson got a, a special Bible for going in the third grade well this is one of the Bibles that we have at our, at my house for um, Carolyn and Eli and it's a it's a picture kind of Bible and it tells stories about what's going on in the um, in the Bible but it tells it so so that little people can understand that kind of thing and this time, this week, I want to tell you about this picture right here. Do you see this picture? What do you think is in that basket? A baby. A baby. If there's a, and the baby boy in that basket's name is Moses. And a princess found Moses in that basket. And when Moses grew up, he grew in. 
he grew into a very, very special person to do lots and lots of things, and he talked to him. But Moses was kind of scared. He said, Lord, what am I going to call you, and what are the people going to call you? And, and God said, you call me. And God said, you call me. I am who I am. And so God's telling Moses that, don't worry, Moses, even though you're scared to do job, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to tell you what to say and what to do, okay? So guys, you, each one of you, and each of the people out here can grow up to be very important people, grow up to be very important people, and God can use all of us. Scared and nervous? We just need to know that God is right there with us, and he's going to tell us everything that we need to do, okay? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, help us this week to know that you will be with us and that you will guide us and direct us in which way we need to go and what we need to say and what we need to do. In your name I pray. Amen. Good morning. I just was looking at this little clicker. Do not stare into the beam with your remaining eyeball. Oh, okay. Try not to do that. Good morning to everyone. Try not to do that. Good morning to everyone. Glad you're here. If you're visiting with us for you, if you're a first-time visitor, there's a, a mug back there we'd love you to pick up. Here we'd love you to pick up that has uh, information of you to take home and think of us as you drink your morning coffee. Um, we hope that you'll come back to worship with us as often as you can. Uh, Sunday school follows this time of worship at 10 o'clock, and uh, today there will be no Sunday school classes for the current K-5 through 5th grade, we invite that older children's, group to, older children's group to join our youth and adults for the fight here led by our youth. Uh, preschoolers will meet in their regular rooms. Uh, starting next Sunday, the children will start their new age and grade, sun grade Sunday school classes. Uh, so we take note of that, and then we have our 11 o'clock uh, traditional service in our uh, sanctuary. We invite you to remain for that if you would like to as well. Uh, Race for the Cure will be September the 27th, and if you're going to run or walk, uh, sign up or sign up on the line. You must do so by September 16th. Please see Rad, uh, Lee Redline for any questions. We uh, invite you to share any prayer concerns that you might have um, and do so by writing it on an index card. If you lift your hand, if you need an index card, uh, our ushers will, will get these to you. And a pencil if you need one of those, they'll have that. Um, we also invite you to register your attendance. There'll be a registration pad passed around in a few moments. The Men's Pancake, United Methodist Men Pancake Supper, don't forget that, coming up on the 24th of September. Uh, this morning, uh, Steve Barbary has tickets uh, to give to all the men for them to sell. So men, after this service is over, we'll ask you to congregate in the back corner with Steve and get your tickets and uh, get to work selling the pancake uh, supper tickets. And rest of you hope that you'll be here to be a part of that event. The men also have a retreat planned in uh, late October, and you'll be hearing more about that in the days to come. Uh, Ralph Johnson, who is the chair of our finance committee, has a word to bring to us at this time. Somebody wake Ralph up. Oh, he's signing the registration. Okay. Well, since he learned to write his name, I'll... Uh, <clears throat> it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. You might recognize those words from uh, Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. That opening line came to me as I thought about... came to me as I thought about uh, what I needed to say this morning to you about our current financial status. Although we are behind in our pledges, we're in front of where we usually are at this time of the year. Traditionally, the summer months are slow months, and um, people just don't give as well during the summer as the rest of the year for a whole bunch of reasons, vacations and other things. Um, but over the years, we've been blessed to be able to have somewhere around, around 
ten or fifteen thousand uh, dollars checking account is as reserved to draw on to to pay for things that we need to on a weekly basis. Um, and with a budget that approaches about $500,000, um, it's certainly desirable to have that kind of cushion on hand. Unfortunately, we're now operating uh, with less than $1,000 in our uh, checking account. Now that's the bad news. The good news is that in many cases we're spending uh, that reserve on outreach and other programs of the church that have attracted new members and have been able to provide it to provide much needed Christian education um, for all of our members from nursery all of our members from nursery to preschool to youth to adults. My personal observation is that um, from a church standpoint that we're on a roll. Uh, the future for memorials bright. The, the young adults that are the future of the church are involved uh, and taking on leadership roles. Our average combined attendance during the summer at both services has been close to 300 people, which is good. Uh, during the 9 a.m. service and the Sunday school hour, uh, the nursery is full. Folks, all of this takes utilities and staff and Christian education materials uh, and that takes money. And I hope that you'll seriously take a look at catch if you have fallen behind and if you happen to be a new member and haven't got a pledge card well you see me I'll get one for you. Um, Finally, the fall stewardship campaign is fast approaching. Uh, please pray about what your role will be. What your role will be in the life of Memorial in 2000, in the month of late late October and most of the month of November, we'll be having stewardship speakers. We'll be having stewardship speakers, and we will end our on the Sunday before Thanksgiving with a combined stewardship. Um, and th um, and Thanksgiving dinner, catered dinner. So we hope that you will be there that Sunday to, to make your commitment for 2009. And once again, if, if you've fallen behind this year, we do hope on the, on the finance committee that you will uh, catch up. And uh, like I said, the future looks bright. Thank you. Someone joked in the Methodist advocate that uh, comes out that the campaign theme for their church was going to be this year, pledge to your church because we know where you live. We know where you live. I don't think we're going to do that. But uh, Youth today are going on their uh, usual and annual uh, hike, Labor Day hike. Uh, the time in the bulletin today is not right, though. They're leaving after the 11, uh, yeah, after the 11 o'clock worship, o'clock worship is over. So it'll be around 12:15 before the end today. Um, so that was a misprint in the bulletin. So uh, look forward to youth having a good time today. Time today. Uh, uh, any other announcements? I leave anything out? Uh, if we can. Have the, have the prayer cards gathered up. I have just a couple of quick things to tell you while they're doing it. Kay Gray, who is in our choir at the 11 o'clock, 7 o'clock service, is in the brand new Greer Hospital. She had some kind of uh, rare infection, probably MRSA, that staph-eating, uh, flesh-eating staph germ in her leg and had to have surgery, emergency surgery yesterday afternoon and is resting uncomfortably uh, at the hospital right now. Uh, Conrad Robertson's brother Blair passed away during the night, Friday night. Um, Blair's funeral is tomorrow at 11 o'clock at Highland Baptist Church, which I'm assuming is up the, I'm assuming is up the road toward Landrum um, in the days to come uh, as he has lost his brother here uh, in the last weekend here. So, so, where are those prayer cards? They took them in with them. There must have been some, some things they didn't want me to pray for today. Is it football things or? Uh, 
lot of Clemson prayers. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. Let us join our hearts here. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. We give you thanks, God, for this day. We're especially grateful for the chance to be together and to come from whatever background and past we come from because the past does not concern you, does not concern you. If it has been a past of destruction, then you forgive that and help us grow and change. And we're so thankful for this. You are the Lord of new beginnings. And we come this, the first day of a new week, the Lord's Day, for our new beginning. And we pray your blessings upon And we pray your blessings upon us as we come now. Uh, here are our special prayers for this day. We pray for Michael as he goes through tests. We pray for the Gulf Coast as they face the storm approaching their area. We pray for the people of New Orleans. We pray for the family of Blair Robertson who passed away this Robertson who passed away this weekend. We pray for him during this holiday weekend. We pray for the family of Nick Romano, who passed away this week, passed away this week. We pray for trees and loved ones. We pray that your presence will be with T.R. and Jennifer McCormick as they begin their lives as husband and wife. We pray for Evelyn Connor that she may be pain-free. We pray for healing and comfort for Mike Berg and Carl Reinick and Liz Farley. We pray for son Ted, Ted diagnosed with cancer, for our friend's daughter with alcoholism, for a friend's five-year-old daughter with lymphoma. We pray for college freshmen. May they lean on you for strength and for guidance. We pray for Don, we pray for Don Sellers, who is recovering from emergency for people on the Gulf Coast in the past of Gustav. We give thanks for a successful surgery for Ada Morrison and for a good recovery. And Lord, yes, we also remember Kay Gray in our prayers this day, prayers this day. These are our prayers through Jesus Christ who taught us to pray saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Andy, it doesn't seem to be working. From Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. <clears throat> now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer. Uh, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of, the, of my people in Egypt. I have heard Egypt. I have heard their crying 
because and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out of the land into the good and spacious land, a land flowing, land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen that the way of the Egyptians, I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to him, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship, will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Israelites, and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they will ask, and they will ask, What is his name? Then what shall I do? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Here ends the lengthy reading from the Old Testament. Sermon title, He Bumped Into God. At Lake Junaluska, there, Junaluska, there is a, an excellent known as the Intentional growth center and I've often gone to it for various workshops. I've always been fascinated though by the name of the place, the Intentional Growth Center. It reminds us that people can actually choose to set their intentions on spiritual and intellectual growth. But I've also joked that I need to start a similar center myself that is called the Unintentional Growth Center, and there it is, there it is, there it is. In record, sometimes growth comes to us by accident and unintentionally. Life throws us into places where we have to learn, like it or not. That has been my story, that has been my story more often than not. Intentionally set out on spiritual quest uh, f to find faith in God, do so. And that is so very exciting because we're promised that those who seek will find. But there are others of us who aren't seeking God. Andy and I got this good signal going, had not we? Uh, there are others of us who aren't seeking God. We might even be running away from God and trying to have nothing to do with God when we bump into God. We run so far that we bump into God, and that has been my story so very often, and that is Moses' story as well. Moses set adrift in a baby basket so that Pharaoh wouldn't in a baby basket so that Pharaoh wouldn't kill him. Rescued in Pharaoh's house with his own mother as his nanny, grew up to discover his grew up to discover his true identity as an Israelite, as a child of privilege. He began to feel a kinship with his own kinsmen who were kinsmen who were slaves there in Egypt. An especially brutal whipping uh, of an Israelite, probably resulting in the death of that Israelite. Moses looked all around him and seeing that the coast was clear, killed that Egyptian, an eye for an eye, and buried him in the sand. Somehow the word got out among his people and also the Egyptians and soon Pharaoh was determined to bring Moses to justice. So Moses ran into, so Moses ran into the desert to hide from Pharaoh and from God, marrying and having a child. As far as we can tell, Moses was not looking for God in that desert, but God was looking for him. 
One of the lessons of this story is that God, the lessons of this story is that God has all sheep. Whether or not they are looking for him, he's looking for them. You and I may say, oh, I have found God. But the fact of the matter is, we found out God was finding us. He was the one doing the searching. We're like the little boy who got separated from his parents in the mall and sat down and cried. Finally, his parents found him and the little boy said, thank goodness I found you. If God hadn't initiated the search to make himself available to us, you and I could never find him. But Moses, tending that sheep, the sheep herd, saw a burning bush, bush, and knowing that something other and mysterious was happening, he turned aside to see what this could possibly mean. And in so turning, he bumped into God. Some of the most some of the most influential Christians who have accidentally bumped into God, Saul of Tarsus, Lou Wallace, the author of Ben-Hur, and C.S. Lewis are just three Christians that I could think of real quick, quickly who were for a time opposed to the ways of God, who became changed people after an unexpected encounter with God. Let me say this that I have said. Let me say this that I have said before. I want you to hear it again. Every time a parent comes to me to express concern over the fact that their young adult child isn't going to church and even doubts the existence of God right now, something inside of me rises up and says, Hot dog! You don't wave a red flag in front of a bull without getting charged by that bull. And you don't run away from God without inciting God to run after you because he's your heavenly father. It's hard not to run into God when you're trying to run away from him, trying to run away from him because he's everywhere. Of God, you or someone you love may try to escape but like the song that we like to sing out here that talks about, talks about God, his love, his grace is relentless. That means it doesn't know when to stop. The Bible says that Moses discovered in the burning bush an angel of God. Now in our day, we think of an angel as a, as a being, a servant of God, an, uh, an otherworldly being. But in the days of Moses, that term meant the presence of God, the presence of God, something or someone that embodies it was a manifestation of God himself. The flaming aspect of the flaming aspect of the bush meant that it was God who was there. The thing of this encounter with the burning bush is that Moses bumped into the living God right there. There were several things that Moses learned very quickly at the burning bush. First, God knew who he was, knew his name. Even though Moses didn't know God, God knew Moses. His love for us is very, very personal. Secondly, Moses discovered that God is holy. There you go. Holy means to stand apart from the usual and be the same throughout all of it. That means that God, that means that God isn't, wishy-washy or came throughout and always we can count on his unchangeableness of heart and purpose and God's presence is what makes that place holy ground Moses takes off his shoes in awareness of his sinfulness and God's holiness and then Moses learns that God is the God of his ancestors and the chosen people this is the God he had faintly heard about from his mother and from others, the God who had called Abraham, the God of the slaved people. Those are my people, God says. It's quite likely that the people had forgotten about God, God during their times of slavery, but how reassured know that God had not forgotten them. God never forgets about one of us, no matter how forgetful we get. 
Then Moses learned that God has a kindred spirit that he feels, a connection with the oppressed, connection with the oppressed. He identifies with them. We dare not ever look down upon the downtrodden because they have God's favor. Blessed are the poor, Jesus said. Some of you remind me, they remind me of this from time to time when someone who is down on their luck comes by the church. You've said to me things like, remember, those are the kind of individuals Jesus spent most of his time with. If you want to find some holy ground, put yourself in a place where you're likely to encounter God by reaching out by reaching out in love and service to the downtrodden. God is there with them. One of the reasons that I'm grateful for you and to Andy's mission trips is that on mission trips, you're likely to bump into God. I remember working with a team down in Charleston after Hurricane Hugo hit. We weren't there for many days and we didn't do many heroic acts but we bumped into the blank stares of the men and women who had been ravaged by that storm. And that's what I will remember, the look on their faces. They were numb. First the storm had hit them, and then the Prouse uh, gougers had come in, making poor repairs on their homes for very high prices. The people couldn't believe it when we said, let us climb upon your house and spread this tarp out and tack it down, hoping to dry you in just a little bit until the real repair people can come. How much will it cost us, they said. We said, we're from the church. It won't cost you anything. Will you let us do that? Sometimes some of us would sit down in the homes and visit with those people of the blank stare while someone else did the repairs. Those folks were in so much need of hope we bumped into God several times as we were dealing with these neighbors of ours. We must always remember that when we see people in need, God has said of these people, they're my people. I see their suffering. I'm determined to do something about it. The call of Moses is something that we preachers like to, uh, that's Jesus blessing the people. Let's try another slide. There we go. The call of Moses uh, is something we preachers love to talk about and study because Moses squirmed to try to get out of doing what God was calling him to do. That is such a human reaction when God calls any of us. We see the task and it's just too big for us. Who am I, am I to take on Pharaoh, we say? Who was Moses anyway? He was the new Pharaoh's sister's adopted child, a member of that slave nation, a man who, a man who had taken the law into his own hands, his slave master, a man who was wanted in Egypt as a criminal, living under a criminal, living under a death threat, a man with, Lord, surely you've got the wrong person. Everybody that God calls feels that way, that way. God tells us the same thing as, I will be with you. Nothing else matters. Your past doesn't matter. Your deficiencies don't matter. What matter? What matters is I am with you. If God calls you, he goes rough. If you and I hear and heed the call of God, we travel with God. How will our work succeed? Not because of our abilities and skills. If we depend on them, we will fail. Then we will fail. But when we depend upon God's presence, those whom God calls, he empowers. Then I find a touch of humor in one of then I find a touch of humor in one of Moses' questions to God, and all Moses wants some sign from God that he's supposed to go down to Egypt and lead the people to freedom. What sign can you give me, God, that I'm supposed to do that? 
And God replies, well, this is the sign that I will give you. When you've succeeded and you've brought the people out of, G of, Egypt, of Egypt, you'll find that I'm here. And you'll worship me here at this mountain. What kind of a sign is that? It's in the pudding. Moses was looking for some sign and God was saying, when you succeed, that's when you'll know I've sent you. That's when you'll know I've sent you. That's when you'll know that I'm with you. I know that you want me to do this, we ask. And God answers, well, when you start doing it and you start seeing the success and when you get done, then you'll see, oh, God was calling me to do God was calling me to do this. How often show us something first? Methodist founder John Wesley thought that it was a silly thing for Christians, silly thing for Christians to pray to ask God whether or not he would good deed for a person in need. That was as silly as asking God if God wanted us to take another breath or just turn blue instead. Do all the good you can. Do all the good you can, Wesley said, always. How do we know that you're calling us to help our neighbor? You will know it after you do it. But who are you, God? What is your name? Somebody down in Egypt is bound to ask me. What's the name of this God who has sent you? Let's go one more. There we go. What's the name of this God who has sent you? God's answer to Moses was to become the, the most famous tetragrammaton, which is a four-letter word. You might, see, you might see that in your Sunday school book sometime. The four-letter word, H-W-H, for a period of time, we thought that the pronunciation was Jehovah, but more recently, scholars led us to pronounce the name as Yahweh. But it's more of a description than a name. And a name, just like the word Adam, really means the man, Yahweh isn't, isn't so much a proper name as it is a puzzling description. could be translated, I am, or I am who I am, or I will be. Another, pos another possibility of the meaning is, I am because one that is. The point is that there is only one God who is, is, and all the other gods ain't pardon me, aren't, they don't exist, exist. The word idol literally means, main characteristic is that it is not. The one God, the creator of the universe, is the only God who is, and that's the God, and that's the God who was sending Moses to Egypt. Quickly but importantly, Jesus once used that title YHWH for himself, and almost got stoned to, and almost got stoned to death for so doing. He said to his day, anticipating his coming, and they said, You're too young for Abraham to ever have thought about you. And Jesus said, Oh no, before Abraham was Yahweh, I am. Thereby claiming for himself the oneness with God, the God who appeared to Moses. Moses, chosen by God for several key tasks, led his people out of bondage and formed them into God's covenant people. He gave us the Ten Commandments, but perhaps the most important contribution to faith is found, is found in the fact that Moses was chosen by God, by God to reveal God to humanity as the only God who is. And that he, will find, that he will find us even when we're running away from him. And that he completely identifies with the suffering of his people. Live, live your lives expecting to bump into God. Be expecting to hear God call you into service to his people. Be expecting God to give you his power to do his will. Amen. Let us now... Worship God by giving.
You who made the mountains and the sea sounded so good by the way thank you they do that from time to time just keep me in my place <clears throat> would you join me please as we uh, say together the apostle the apostles creed I believe in God the Father Almighty Almighty maker of heaven and in Jesus Christ his own son Sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the last.